good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean, I'm your co-host Austin. And I am your other co-host, Adrian. You know, I was just thinking about counting on your fingers, and apparently Europeans start counting with their thumbs, so when they stop counting, do they also end with their thumbs? I don't know. I have a hard time keeping my last fingers up. Right, yeah. That's, so that's why I, I, I can never... I could never do three. Oh no, I could never do four as a European because I can't independently raise my. It makes my, so much more sense to use your finger. thumb last. Are they just more dexterous? Is that I don't the know. Word I'm looking for. I don't know. Uh, but because I like in in um, in Endgame, right? Doctor Strange spoilers indicates to to Tony that they're in the last one by holding up the, the finger mm-hmm. one. I wonder if that translates at all to European Maybe. audiences. It probably Although does. Benedict Cumberbatch is European, so do you think he was he like European, in, the, yeah. in the notes it was just said, hold up one finger, and he did this to begin with? Maybe. Do people really do this in England? That would they be hold up their I don't know. It's, there's, a, there's a pivotal scene in, excuse my language, Inglorious Bastards, where mm. they're counting to three, or Michael Fassbender, who is German in real life, right. says he's going to have three beers, and he holds up three fingers like an American would because he's playing an American. And a German mm. guy that is there knows that they're not European by holding up three fingers. I don't know. We'll have but to at Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. I would be interested to know that. He probably knows what American things are, though. So, and then does thumbs up mean some? Do people do thumbs up in Europe? I think I would assume so. Is it is uh, so? Is like a sideways thumbs up? Does that mean one? Just one? There's no way. There's it's, no way. It's possible. Anything is possible, I guess. But yeah, it's a good thing I don't live in Europe because I could never indicate four on my fingers without looking like a a filthy American. Yeah, I, I, maybe they're just better at it than we are. Maybe if I practice more, but I, I don't. Right, that's I don't what I'm know. saying. I do have a lot of faith in my ability to do anything if I practice enough. Austin, this yeah, art, the first article references that same scene that you just referenced. Wow, I, uh, you know, just am am part of the hive mind of the internet. Here we go. Western Europe. It goes mm-hmm. one with the sideways thumb. Sideways thumb. Hmm. Two. It's three, like a loser. Three. Yep. And then guess what? Four is like this. Oh, wow. That is so, and then that's we get so five. good. Wow. I like that a lot better because I can never, I can never do – I can barely do three. Mm-hmm. I can barely hold my pinky down enough. Um in the in the American version, but the European version is much better, and then I really like their four, because I really think that the pinky and the ring finger should only ever move as a single unit. Yeah, because that's the only way. Maybe you know, maybe that is why, because we're pretty European descent. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe Europeans are just bad at moving maybe. their pinky and ring finger independently, and that's why they do it. Get this in Japan. Yeah. They it's like backwards. So, what we would say is four is actually mm-hmm. one because you're holding down one finger. This is two. wow. That's nuts. Yeah, and then they go th- three, and then four is just the pinky out. 
Wow. And then five is nothing. China, you can count to ten with one hand. Wow. How? Six is like the skater surfer bro. Yeah. Seven is like you're making a hand puppet. This is just sign language at this point. (laughs) Probably. Seven is... Or no, so eight, eight is, is finger like gun. Like a finger gun, yeah. <laughs> Nine is this weird circle thing. No, this is just sign language. This isn't even. This is not count. You don't have enough fingers to really count to ten. This says China, and then fist is zero or ten. Mm. You could also do the little cross symbol for ten. Mm. Oh, it, speaking of which, I finally figured out why Jesus is always holding his hand weird, mm-hmm. and in icons. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So he's he's uh, he's indicating he's like crossing himself or something. Yeah, no, no, no. He's uh, making his initials, or it's like the first and last letter of his name with his fingers. Jesus. Uh, yeah, or Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christos. So it's J C, not like. But it's an X. So you do an X with your your thumb and your and your middle finger. Where's the J? It's your first finger. Is it upside down? Mm, yeah. Oh. I don't know. These are just things that I've heard. Okay. Anyway, did you do anything fun this week? Um. Yeah. I, I will say excuse my weird voice or coughing or whatever. I apparently am sick. I don't know. You don't Probably sound because, weird. Really? I sound weird to myself. Mm. And like sometimes my voice cuts out at times. I don't know. And I'll probably cough at some point. But anyways, um, this I weekend. I blame myself. That's my bad. I don't think that I you were still sick when I saw you. No. Spoiler alert. Oh, um, oh oops. <laughs> on Thursday, I drove back to Lancaster County. Um, got back at like 1 in the morning. Then we got up and went to State College for Zach's graduation. Shout out to Zach. Happy graduation, Zach. Congratulations. Way to pass all your classes. And we went and took pictures. Lots of portrait mode. Yes. Um, Those portrait mode pictures turned out well. It was so hot. We were going to die. Yep. And we had to walk around. The campus is ginormous. That's we true. The bus, which was air conditioned, which was amazing. The whoop, whoop whoop. I don't know. If that's the thing, but it should be. I, I hope it's not. I was whooping because it was air conditioned. It was amazing. Mm. Um. Yeah. Then we went to Pittsburgh. Hung out Shout with out. Anthony Alana to the Berg. Yep. Swickly. Played a lot of Carcassonne. I don't know. We played what my like three are. games of Carcassonne. We—that's more games than I've played in the last three years. So, you I still were there. don't know how I feel about Carcassonne. Um, that's fair. I kind of like it. My weekend was basically identical, except I drove to Lancaster Friday morning at four a.m. Yeah. No, no. What I learned that Stewart's, a convenience store slash gas station. Does not open before 5 a.m. That's not very convenient. No, it's not very convenient. I stopped at a Stewart's to get some coffee, and it was closed. I had to drive more without any coffee. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
But anyway, Carcassonne's not my favorite game. Didn't you win one time? I did. That doesn't. I mean, you can win your not favorite game. No, that's true. Sorry, I didn't mean to imply that you can't, or by winning a game means that you like it. But I did win though, the one time. I think all of us won. Yeah, we split them, except for Alana. Sorry, Alana. Yeah. Um. What else was I gonna say? I watched a lot of hockey. Mm. How how was that? Uh, did you stay up for the second overtime of that Sharks Stars Blues game? I fell asleep during this intermission. That's I stayed up for the first overtime, and then like, uh, the, I mean, I'm just setting myself to fall asleep, which is okay because I was just watching it in bed. Yeah. And so like, I was bound to fall asleep during when? the second intermission. Do you know when the Stanley Cup Finals are? Because I'm I'm fixing to be near San Jose, uh, the 27th through the 30th. At no, it's it's that's too late. It's usually the first week of June because it was always like the last week of school. Yeah, remember that one year that it was I got hit in the back by a pitch, um, and it was during the the middle of the Stanley Cup Finals. Tommy Hat was pitching, and mm-hmm. I was like two feet tall at the time. And he was just wailing it across the plate. And I, I turned around and got hit right in the back. Um, and I was lying on an ice pack watching the, the cup finals. Solid. I don't entirely remember that, but... Mm, I remember it. It was at that, that baseball field behind the firehouse in Mount Joy. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. I remember the game. I don't remember watching hockey, though. Oh, we did. No, I remember that. So... If both the games go to Game 7, okay. Game 7 of the Blues and Sharks will be Thursday, May 23rd. So, it might work out, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I could be, I could be at a, a Cup Finals game. Hopefully, the, the, yeah. you know, if the Sharks win. I am really, I right, am worried the that the Bruins are just going to win. I know, I was telling my roommate about it today, because he's a Boston Ugh. fan. And I, I know, right? Well, he just loves everything Boston sports. But the Celtics lost, so they can't make if the four people. Oh, Boston's playing right now. Yeah, it's one to one at the first mm. intermission. Um. But yeah, no, I I hope they. I don't watched win. less hockey. Yeah. The other, I've watched none since I, since I left. I mean, I'd I usually just pick up the games in the third mm-hmm. period and, and watch into overtime because the games always go to overtime that I watch. Yeah. That's that's too bad. Except for last night. But I played a lot of uh, a game called Toki Toki 2 or something. You were there. Oh, yeah. I don't. It's not called Toki Toki 2. I don't know. Two, it's some game it? with a bird. And... I don't I don't know if it's good or not. It's harder than I want it to be. So maybe that's good. Um I, it kind of reminds me of it is Toki Toki <laughs> too. No, Toki Tori. Oh, my bad. Yeah, Toki Tori too. Um it kind of reminds me of those like I was going to say the amazing machine or the incredible mm-hmm. machine or whatever. But yeah. that's like it's kind of like a Ru- older a than Ru- the Ru- earth. Goldberg. Right. It's it's more of like um, 
what was that one game? Um, it it's kind of like any of those. Well, it's not quite like a flash game. It's kinda longer a than a flash game. Well, obviously, I meant like the gameplay yeah, itself. Because yeah. there's there's so little mechanics. It's much better than Snake Pass, though. It is Snake Pass than Snake is Pass. just impossible. Yeah, and not yes. fun. Snake Pass is you literally are playing as a you're snake. You're wiggling around. And you're controlling a snake, and it's way too realistic yeah. for snake yeah. movements. Slash not realistic for snake movements. You are constantly just falling off bamboo. Right, because snakes are actually good at being snakes. Unfortunately, <laughs> we are I, not good at being snakes. We're probably supposed to get good. Um, I guess, it but has not worked initially out. you're just really bad. In the Toki Tori game, you play as a bird that can't fly. And you're trying to rescue oh, all of who your are trapped friends. in a bubble that's just circulating around the globe for some reason. Yeah, it's kind of like a Wally situation, I think, but not quite. How is that anything at all like Wally? Do you remember the plot of Wally? <coughs> it's the humans that are Excuse in this me. in the bubble floating around the world in Wally. Yeah, I, it was more of just the like people leaving their home planet. Oh. To circle it and be safe. I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't I've never I, actually I seen the, the end of Wally. Trapped. Oh, I thought they were leaving because they were fleeing some kind of. No, I don't know. Speaking of Wally, though, I feel no, like I should. I I need to watch Wally again because apparently it's just a beautiful masterpiece of of cinema, and that is not my mental image of Wally. Same with I've Ratatouille. I've seen the first. Have you ever seen Ratatouille? I have no. I don't think I so. I saw Ratatouille like once years and years ago. Apparently it's great, but I can't imagine that it's great. It's about rats cooking. <laughs> I am dubious. I have I have more faith in Wally, but I've only seen the first half of Wally like 3 times. I've never seen the end. The end I feel like is worse than the beginning, honestly. There's it well, ends with a lot of overweight spoilers for Wally. It <laughs> ends with a lot of overweight people falling down. It's kind of like if the Titanic happened in space and everyone was obese. Um okay, oh. imagine 2001 a Space Odyssey mixed with the Titanic, but it's in sp- no, it's in space. That works out. But everyone's obese. Right. Okay. Are you imagining that? I'm imagining it. Who is who's Rose in this scenario? Um some some just random fat woman. No, it's Eva. So Eva. only a few survive. Yeah. Eva. And Jack, Jack is, is Wally. Wally. Yeah, the rough and tumble guy from the docks who just he shouldn't really be on this thing, but he is on this thing. And, uh, and he doesn't have to he die, falls in but love he with still this dies. Woman. Wally doesn't die at the end. Spoiler though. alert. Uh, th- then he can't be like Jack. You can be like Jack without dying. Okay, fine. But, anyways, anything else before I segue? Um, there's no pearl necklace in Wally. I don't think there isn't Titanic oh, either. It's like some other kind of gem. Pearls are weird, also, by the way. Why are they gemstones? They're they're made by they're made they're by oysters. 
They're considered a stone. Well, yeah. I mean, th- like, they're, there's no reason why they're not stones. I mean, I don't think they fit the definition of a stone. What is the definition of a stone? It's like sediment piled up until it's hard, right? It depends on right. what kind of stone you have. Igneous right. So versus... I would assume that pearls would count as like metamorphic rocks. Probably. So they're kind of like uh, sandstone. No, no, no. Or... They're like um, they're like marble. Uh, limestone. Sandstone oh. is a sedimentary rock. Anyways, this podcast isn't about it rocks. It could be, though. Imagine if it was about rocks. If we had a rock it's podcast. It's a rock fact. We could have a, uh, I think. Uh, we could maybe have name? one podcast about it. What was our? What was our? Talbert. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Talbert. Could listen to our podcast. Anyways, so segue transition. Like Wally, there are many things out there that have better beginnings than uh, than endings. Like Lost. Right. So, my question is. How how do we have better so endings? Def- how do we? I'll defend the ending what? of Lost any day of the week if if you're interested. I'm not. Well, right the now, audience might maybe. be. Email us. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Um. So, this is like the season of endings. Um, in this stretch here, we have a specifically the ending of. Game of Thrones. The Avengers and Game of Thrones. And so, my question is, why don't things end well? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Why don't good stories end well? And how do the good stories that do end well, how do they end well? And why? And what are we missing? Um, okay. And what does that say about... Sure, 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 sure. Um, so I would, I would say that good stories do end well and that if you don't end well, it's kind of, it's kind of rough for the story. It's like, so as I'm, as I'm sure, you know, I am a, I'm a long time watcher of the show, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> not. Have you ever watched a single yes, episode? Yes, I saw the finale. Uh. Oh, I was sitting right. in the lounge of my college dorm. Watch the finale. Mm-hmm. I accidentally watched the finale of Breaking Bad that way. And then I was just like, mm, I might as well watch all the finales that are airing. Um, and so <laughs> I watched the end of Psych, too, that year. It was a blockbuster year for randomly nice. watching the finales of shows. But anyway, How I Met Your Mother had such a terrible ending. Everyone was like, wait, what was even the point of this? And so I I think that an ending, if it's bad enough, can make a good story a bad story. Um, If we go by the old adage of screenwriting, uh, either movie is everything and the ending. Um, So like Inception, I think, is a movie that is mostly made by its ending. Like Inception is a good movie, but it's, it's capped off perfectly by its ending. Anyway, why do... Good, so I I I'm going to say that Game of Thrones is ending very poorly, and Avengers ended really well. Yep. Okay, I just want to lay a couple of ground rules. 
we're not going to complain about Game of Thrones, but you can talk about bad endings versus okay. bad endings. Just one. Okay. Also, spoilers, because like, I it should be pretty clear, but we're talking about the ending of Endgame. Probably not all twenty-two Marvel movies, but spoilers are on the table for all of them, all of Game of Thrones, and the book series. Yeah. And just anything I want to spoil. All right, go for it. Right, just spoilers. There should just be a blanket spoiler yeah, warning for, for any episode of this If you podcast. care about spoilers, quit now. <laughs> anyway, so I think I think Game of Thrones is ending poorly because it takes the long it it takes the wrong lessons from its beginning. Um, and so what I mean, you're talking specifically about the TV yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I don't know how that the book series is ending yet because I don't have a time machine. But it is an interesting topic that I might come back to after. What? That he feels like he doesn't know how to end the story. Because oh yeah, no, I definitely. I agree if it's with so that good, so you don't know how to end a good story, and that's and that's kind of what I'm getting at. But yeah, how how do you end a good mm-hmm. story? Right. Go for so it. So I think the way that they're ending Game of Thrones is missing is missing the lessons from the the rest of the TV show. So I think they are trying too hard to subvert our expectations for the ending of the show that they sacrifice an actual good ending. Um, so, for example, Arya was the character to kill the Night King um, and thus Phantom Menace, all of the Whites and other White Walkers. Uh, but it, it really, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't fit with the show. Like it kind of, it Arya fits better than other characters, but she fits a lot less well than the characters that it should be. Which is either it's Jon Snow. Jon Snow right. is the character who should defeat the Night King, um, right? Because that's that's been his thing all. Like he has been on the wall since like day one, saying. Winter is coming, and here's the White Walkers. We like, he's the first person to burn a white. Um, he has long claw, that Valyrian steel sword. He's always right. clenching and unclenching his hand because it burned from like he has physical reminders of the the White Walkers all the time. So Jon Snow right. is clearly the character that should, and like even if we expect it. Like, you should expect the ending of something if you're doing the groundwork to set up the ending. Like, not not every ending needs to be surprising. And I think that's the mistake that Game of Thrones is doing right now. That's like, oh, we're a show that's built on surprising things. No, you're a show that's that's built on what are the consequences of what's come before. I think I think that's the key. I think when I think about... Especially again, I'll, I think Game of Thrones and, and Endgame are good examples of this. But even even movies and shows like The Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, right? Like the ending of The Lord of the Rings is not surprising, nope. and 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 the ending of Endgame is yep. not surprising, right? All of Endgame was yep. not surprising. Nothing in Endgame surprised me. 
why but why am I saying that's a good ending? Why do I say the Lord of the Rings is a good ending? Okay, yeah, they defeated evil and everybody lives and it was great, right? But why is that a good ending? Is because it because it ends yeah. it, right? It it because the story isn't about the ending, it's about the story. And so it it is about the ending in the sense that you need to wrap things up and and finish the story, but that should put a cap on what the story was trying mm-hmm. to do. And so, like, the the whole, uh, like, again, spoilers, but I guess we already gave them. But, like, Tony dying to destroy Thanos is the, is the end of his mm-hmm. arc, right? He can now rest. That whole idea of now you, can, you won't be able to rest until this is done. Or we need to, because of Thanos, we need to have Ultron. All of these things, all of these movies are... Tony trying to defeat this enemy so that he can rest. Yep. And now finally he has done that and he can rest. And was anybody surprised that that happened? No. No one was surprised. If you were... If Captain Marvel would have snapped her finger, again, maybe back to what you were trying to get at last episode, right? Then that would right. have there would have been an empty feeling because it, it doesn't... You don't have to have a surprise ending to end well what you need to do is have to have an ending that puts a cap on the story that Mm -hmm. you've told. Um, and I think like a movie like Lord of the Rings or even Endgame, right? Where it's not necessarily, this is a surprising ending, but it does a good job of ending it rather than saying what just happened Mm -hmm. or why did that happen? It doesn't fit. I I agree. Um, I loved that there was that Endgame wasn't like a surprising movie. Like, as I said in the previous podcast, two podcasts ago, there's not a lot of movies that actually do the things that I'm like, this is what I want to happen in this movie. And Endgame is one right. of them, um, which is which is nice. I Like, yeah, I don't think it has to be surprising if it does what it should do to to give the char- to give the character satisfying endings. So, like, like Steve mm-hmm. Rogers is supposed to sacrifice himself to save the world uh, based on kind of his his character arc and that's you know what he does uh but i i thought it was so it's a little surprising that he doesn't at the end but i i think right. it's it's done in a way that really well pays off his character it 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 really brings i think a really nice culmination to to everything that he's gone through since the first avenger um just as tony actually sacrificing himself it 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 mm-hmm. kind of flips flips them the like the the characters right. have always been opposed to each other it gives them individually nice endings and in relationship to each other it gives them a satisfying ending so yeah well, Right, because it it shows that they have learned right. from each other. In a right. Way. So I I think Endgame is a great ending. I like. There's no way that could ever be a standalone movie. Um, right. And and it doesn't try to like surprise us really in any way, because we don't need to be surprised. We just want to see this. We want to see it end well, um, mm-hmm. and I I don't think Game of Thrones gets that. 
I think it wants to right, and, and it wants to be like gripping and what's gonna happen next all to the end. We should already know what's gonna happen next. Right, and I think and I think that even comes from George R. R. Martin. Yeah, right? he doesn't he doesn't want to. He doesn't ever want it to end. I mean, you you right. get that from reading right. his books, right? He you get the sense that like he could just keep writing about these characters forever, and just be okay mm-hmm. with that. And I think that. So we were kind of we were talking a lot this weekend about Game of Thrones too, and as much as I think that Martin is a very good writer, I think he does miss that ending part mm-hmm. of it. And so we're we're comparing him to Brandon Sanderson. And I think one thing that Sanderson does really well is he understands where his stories are yeah. going. He and and like even reading like the Mistborn trilogy, right? You can if reading them again, I'm just like, okay, wow, like he's done such a good job of planning mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. this arc. He planned this story. He knows how it's gonna end. Um and so there's pros and cons. But I think in some ways the ending is very important or else you just kind of have something going on too long and i don't think it just is in books right i think we have it in tv Mm -hmm. shows like you could even argue that happened to lost or even the office right like maybe the office needed to end sooner it definitely Um, did need to end sooner right but the problem is that people don't want things to end and so i don't know maybe maybe that's the next question why don't we want things to end? so i don't i don't think that um george r R. martin wants things to end because I don't really think he believes in narratives. Um, Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones is, is much more like a, it's like finding a, uh, a primary source document from some historical era. It's like, this is what some person was thinking and doing at the time. And like plots, Plots are kind of artificial in the way that most of our lives don't really have a classic story structure. Um, and so mm-hmm. George R. R. Martin, in his dedication to realism, I think, kind of bucks at, or kicks at the goads of of traditional story structure in in mm-hmm. not wanting to tell an ending because he thinks they're false. And so, like like Game of Thrones doesn't. The beginning of Game of Thrones isn't the of the book, the game a Game of Thrones isn't the beginning of the story because the beginning of the story is so entwined in the history of the world. Um Right. It but that's you can't like have a satisfying ending that just is like here's it going entwined into the next phase of life. Um I I kind of want to argue that you can. I can't think of any examples of things that do that well. But like <coughs> Excuse me. I feel like in some ways you can write that story. I mean, maybe, but I I think it's less satisfying. Right. I I I want in an ending, I want there to be a sense of finality. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's no more to tell from this story. And I don't think George R. R. Martin will ever feel that way. Um, no. So I I think uh, from his perspective, I I think he has better justifications for not wanting to end things. Um, I think for, so. I watch. I was I was glad how 
I think bold of a decision it was for the MCU for Endgame to be such an ending. Um, because mm-hmm. the MCU is kind of like a TV show at this point. It's just like, we're making money. Why would we stop? Um, right. So, like, The Office stops once it's, you know, once it loses ratings. Um, like, that's why TV shows end. So, I think it was a really great decision for the MCU to say, we can't, we're going to, we're going to say, that stake our flag, this is the, this is the end of this Infinity Saga. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, right, we don't want things to end for, I think, the the normal reasons. We don't want things to change. Like, we like, we like the characters. We like the environment. So we don't want to, we don't want to lose that from our lives. Yeah, no, that's fair. But we also like good endings, mm-hmm. right? Like, like that's one of my biggest fears about Stranger Things, right? Is that it doesn't end, and that um, they, yeah, they fail to end it in a way that is satisfying, and it just keeps dragging on and becomes terrible. Like, I don't know. I, like, how do how do we balance that? I guess I don't know. Do we just get over our lack or like our desire to not think see things change? Um. Yeah, I think so. I th- well, I don't know. I think we it's about learning the value of endings. Right? I I mean, there's a time for beginnings and a time for endings. And so I think our desire to not see things change. I don't know. Like if you're fi- back in the day when TV shows used to air on TV, it's like if your favorite show stops airing, that like it literally changes your schedule. Um, right. And so it's just something that you have to adjust to. Um, and I personally don't like changing my schedule. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think a, a good ending is more valuable than not having something to do on a Thursday night. Yeah. Okay, did we answer why we think we need to have good endings? Um, I think we need to have good endings. Just that's just how stories work. Um I yeah, it's to me the the ending is the way to say with finality what's the point of this story? Um it lets like even uh, like a like the brothers Karam's off I told you I was going to spoil anything I wanted. So the Brothers Karamazov That's is right. a big, sprawling thing of a story um, with all kinds of things going on. There's random notes from a dead priest in it. Um, one character reads a poem that he wrote to a different character. Anyway, but the ending is one of the characters, Alyosha, at the funeral of this random kid. And so that being the ending... Tell it like tells you how to interpret the 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 previous book, or like um, Crime and Punishment. Lots of people, lots of critics really hate the ending, 
because they're like, oh, he shouldn't go to Siberia with Sonya and uh, undergo the long process of sanctification, which is a tale for another book, apparently. Um, lots of people don't like that ending because they think it 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 degrades the complexity of Raskolnikov. But the the point of that ending is to say that this isn't about the moral complexity of Raskolnikov. It's the story is about his journey of redemption from murderer to someone who who is being reformed. So. That's why I think we need good endings, because the, a good ending tells you how to view the story. It's like like very, really classic stories, just like Aesop's Fables, literally have the moral right at the end. And so I, I, I think the ending is to tell the moral in a good way. Right. Which is why I think... for. Game of Thrones is missing its own point because it's it's telling the wrong moral now that mm-hmm. it's got to the end. Right, and yeah, it 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 was it it's good in that there's not a, a quote unquote plot, right? It's not plot driven; it's character driven. But then it makes the mistake of giving there a plot, mm-hmm. right? There there is. <laughs> there is a story. There is a moral. There is something that is being told, and if in, and so then you have to end it, yeah, um, in some ways. But how does East of Eden end? I forget. Um, hold on, let me think. Um, does he die? The main yeah, character? that kid, the kid whose name starts with A, dies. His son? Yeah. He dies in a war. I don't remember at all how that ends. And Kathy dies, which is good. Right, I remember Kathy dies. But the main character doesn't die? No, his son does. Right, so that's kind of a story that, like, the story starts before the book starts, and then it goes on even after it, right? Mm-hmm. But there's still an ending. Yeah. So, spoilers for for one of my recommendations. A, an ending that I just read that I'm still like really unsure about mm-hmm. is the book Normal People uh, by Sally Rooney. And so, they the characters come out and say kind of what the point of the book is right towards the end of it. So the book is about the the kind of on again, off again. It's about two characters who, over the course of many years, couldn't keep couldn't seem to stay away from each other or something uh-huh. like that. Um, so it's like the on again, off again relationship between these two like high school sweethearts. They're not. It's <laughs> weird. Their relationship is weird all the time. Okay. But so at the end of the book, they end up in their most relationship that they've ever been in. Um and things it seems like things are finally going well. And uh Marianne, the main character, 
says that we we think we need to be so independent and all, but like we can't really help but be interdependent on people. So why not why not embrace that? Why not embrace the the interdependencies in our lives and the love that we have in our lives? And um uh Connell, who I thought his name was Connor for a long time, but it's Connell because I was listening to the book. Okay. Um they're Irish. Apparently Connell is a is a name in Ireland. Don't um know. He says that uh people aren't uh, aren't as unknowable as they think. And so that's like those are kind of the the two key takeaways that I'm supposed to have from this book. And so they're having this finally seems like a normal relationship and then Connell gets this email saying, "Hey, we want you to come be a professor. They're in Dublin, by the way. Uh-huh. We want you to come be a professor in New York for this creative writing course. And he's like, Marianne, should I do this? And she's like, yeah, you should go. And I'm just like, wait, what? Is <laughs> wasn't, that, wasn't that like the opposite of the point you were just trying to tell me? Unless that's the true point. Right, right. So... Yeah, so, so to me this points out the importance of the ending because it's it's culminating to what seems to be the the normal trajectory of the story. And uh-huh. so by having this ending being so unsettling, to me, I think it's unsettling. Um it kind of it stands everything up on its head again because you think it's going one way and then it flips it to another another direction. So because because of how that ending is so changing it it depending on what ending you're looking at it completely changes the story out ahead of time right okay so that's to me that's that's what that's what an ending does it's the pivot kind of for your story or it's like it's the fulcrum of your story Okay, so why does it matter? Why why does this n- matter at all in my life? Um, I think so. Huh. Well, mom was complaining about how we just randomly started talking about people dying last week. Um, on the podcast? Yeah. Um, just go for it. But I, you write we die, um, and so the ending of our lives hopefully reflects back on what was what was the purpose of our life. You know how people are always saying like, what do people talk about at the funeral? They talk about the times they spent with family and loved ones, not at their desks and stuff, which I think is a good point. So like. In the end, what's important to the story of your life? And I don't, I don't like talking about our lives as just stories right. uh, because I think that's reductive. Mm-hmm. But our lives aren't not stories. Um, 
And so I think how our lives ends, how our lives end is a reflection of what our lives were, whether or not we want them to be. Um, and so I think looking at how stories end well hopefully reflects on how we end well. Mm-hmm. Or not. Well, I don't know. Maybe that seems, maybe this sounds bad in reference to what you just said, but like mm-hmm. not being afraid to end well as opposed to dragging it out just mm-hmm. to drag it out. I, that sounds bad. In the context of dying, that sounds bad. But like, yeah. Leaving a place. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah, we all leave have... places in our lives, like our houses or college or... Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know. Jobs. Yeah, don't... I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, don't be afraid to end things well. I don't, I, maybe that's wrong. I don't know. Hmm. I should take that to heart because... I think I should probably end some things, but I'm worried. I'm I'm I think I'm bad at ending things, which is why Woody. I kept playing on the soccer team till my senior year of of high school, when I really uh-huh. should like I should have been on the on the cross country team. Yeah. Um, just from like a me being good at the sport perspective. Uh huh. Um, but I am bad at ending things because i feel like i have to to go through with something until the bitter end and no one else wants to do it anymore other than me kind of like hershey park okay um uh so yeah that's i I think that's that's good advice yeah i don't i don't know i i yeah and so this is what worries me about Game of Thrones. We're gonna look. We're gonna get to the end and be like, "Wait, what was the whole point of Jon Snow?" Right. Which and Jon Snow is the point. Okay, Jon Snow is properly the point of the the entire thing. But if it if it just ends up being like Daenerys and Cer- Cersei, it's like, who? Why? Why? Why were we at the wall so much? What? What? What was Jon Snow even in this? series four and, which and is absolutely the wrong way to think about it right because again i don't want to dive into too much of like just talking about game of thrones but like it's called a song of ice and fire and mm-hmm. in reality Jon snow is the combination yeah. of ice he and fire literally... right and so like if it's not about john what what's happening yep like Arya is cool and all but kind of is missing the 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 whole setup of the whole thing right and so i guess that's another thing is like we're we're almost never as as like cynical as i can be about like oh not enough people died in endgame i'm usually not upset about happy endings right or not even happy endings but just like endings right yep. like 
nobody is com- the only thing that people complain about about the ending of the Lord of the Rings is that there's too many endings of the Return of the King, right? You don't nobody complains that Frodo lived and that they destroyed the ring and like no I I I don't know. I guess like yeah, if you stick that conventional ending, you I mean, a conventional ending is is conventional because it's it works. And and like don't be afraid of that, I guess. Like mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Speaking know. of ending, did I hear you watched Eighth Grade the other day? No, I didn't. Uh, oh, who was telling me that? Oh, it was Holly. Never mind. Somebody did. Oh, Rhett did. He just talking about it on his podcast. Did he? It's yeah. oh, th- that is a great movie. That's what I've heard. Hmm. But anyway. Any other yeah. final thoughts about endings? Don't just just because you've you've built yourself on being subversive, don't don't be afraid to stick that ending, you know? Right, which we didn't talk about Lost too much, but and I Lost, don't really know the ending of Lost, but it feels like that was kind of it too. Um Lost is <laughs> Okay, no well, yeah. So I I think what's great about the ending of Lost Oh, okay. The ending of Lost indicates what the story is about, and what the story is about isn't what people thought it was about. Okay. Um, and so it does... It has an ending that's different than the ending people wanted. Um, and because the ending is such a, a a pivot to how you look at what came before, mm-hmm. um, it was it was frustrating for people. Which... I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like that could happen with Star Wars. The ending is going to be terrible? Well, or that it, I mean, that it's going to subvert how we look at everything else. Hmm. I could believe the ending, I could believe episode nine is terrible. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm concerned that there, that it's going to fall prey to the idea that we can't end. Yeah. We have to be subversive. We have to do something clever. We have to find a a tricky ending that nobody's gonna think about. Mm-hmm. Palpatine's coming back. Right. Exactly. Like all of this stuff is like so. Even so, like even the end of the orig- the prequel trilogy, right? That mm-hmm. didn't necessarily end on a happy note, but it ended in the way that we knew it was going to end. And so right. it completed that story. Yep. And so I think that's another good example of it, you don't even have to have a happy ending in order to have a good ending. You just have yeah. to have a, an, an, an ending that is good right. and that brings the whole story together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe maybe they'll do that with Nine. I, I'm a little nervous, especially with the name and the Palpatines coming back and... I'm a little dubious. I haven't put a lot of thought into it. My concern is that, like, Ray is the re-embodiment of Anakin Skywalker. Oh. That would, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I really think there there should have been a Kylo Ren Ray team up in the middle still of might episode happen. eight. Huh? It's kind of happened. No, it should have happened in the middle. No, no, no. It, it should have been a real team up. Like their fight together was the coolest part of the prequel trilogy so far. Just lean into that. 
Just have them team up for real. The the sequel trilogy so far. Okay. Anyways, before we just randomly talk about other things, did we end our podcast well? Probably uh, not. We don't think no. we ever do. Any recommendations? Uh, my recommendation for this week is an artist that I had already listened to, but then it was recommended to me on another podcast, and I said, yes, he's good. Andrew Bird. I'm not sure if you listened to him since I told nope. you to listen to him. Well, you should. Andrew Bird. I haven't. So I've only listened to his most recent album. Um, he he. His style is like very much a style of music that I would enjoy. And then he like is whistling on top of that, which I love whistling. And then he also is very good at violin, and so you got a little fiddle action in there too. And it's just mm-hmm. like, wow, this is amazing. So Andrew Bird. My best work yet, I think, is his most recent album, which I've listened to. That's that's good. Apparently, he has just instrumental albums as well. So, I I was impressed. Okay, Andrew Bird. Yep. Any relation to Larry? I don't think so, but um, I could be wrong. Mm. How about you? Yep, so I, I would recommend um, Normal People by Sally Rooney. Um, it's pretty, like, contemporary, fun. I Yeah, I don't like, I don't like how I just described it. I can tell by your head movements. But that's, that's how, that's like the feel of this. So this is, this is the type of book that you would buy to read so people would see that you're reading it. Okay. Um, and it really hates that it's that kind of book, but it is. Um, those, like, it's pretty good. It's, um, it feels very, um, it feels really effortless. Like it, the, the dialogue and the things that happen uh, don't feel labored ever, um, uh-huh. which is nice. Um, and the ending sticks with you. I've already spoiled it, but it it doesn't it it hasn't seemed to stick with other reviewers because I was reading reviews. I'm not a reviewer, um, but I was reading reviews of it, and and people seem to ignore the ending in their reviews, which I guess makes sense. Um, that seems like a had. poor review, though. If you I know, just the I know it's. Th- though, if like if you don't want to say here's how the book ends, but I think the end right the end is the most important part, and it's it's so like I'm uncertain about what the point of the book is, because of the ending seems it's just like it's like this it's like this um, superposition when you look at it one way it looks one way and if you look at it a second time it looks the other way. Um, maybe that's brilliant. Yeah, it, and it might be. Um, like I'm still thinking about it. So, um, it and it has it has less of a clear point than like Game of Thrones. I think is is clearly just like incorrect in its current ending. 
Uh-huh. Whereas I don't think either of the interpretations are wrong um, for normal and, people. Right. And maybe that's like the point, right? That yeah. like neither of these things are, or both of these things are true, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, we, we can be dependent on other people and that's good, but it also means that we can say, yeah, hey, go do this. Well, see, I just I don't trust them to stay together if they leave each other. Right. Why do they need to stay together? Because they they can't not stay together. I mean, why does their community have to be or dependency have to be on with each other? Can't they find other people? No. Obviously, they cannot. Okay. Well, that seems very narrow minded. No, you you have not seen. They've had many disastrous relationships throughout okay. their own. It's an on again, off again relationship. And so their right. their other findings are all are all disasters. Okay, well maybe they just didn't find the right one. I don't trust them too, though. Okay. Like I they, didn't read it, so I I don't. They really seem to be at but... their most healthy. At the end, and then they're going to leave each other, and I f- it just like it seems inevitable that they're just going to f- spiral into disasters um, as soon as they're apart from each other. But anyway, um, second is The Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. Uh-huh. The album reminds me a lot of previous Vampire Weekend albums and also this book. The vibe of Vampire Weekend is similar to the vibe of normal people. If that means anything to anyone. Okay. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I think Vampire Weekend's, um, I think Father of the Bride is nice. I don't think, I so I think that Yahe is just a great song. So I don't think any of the songs are as good as that. That's off their last album, like Modern yeah. Vampires of the City or something. Um, so I don't think it's ever that good. But it's 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 pretty good throughout. Um, I th- I think my favorite my favorite line in the album is, um, I know that pain is as common as the rain, but I never th- I didn't think it rained in California. Um, so it's nice. It Vampire Weekend they're they're much more contemplative than I think most pop i don't know if they consider themselves to be pop but probably not um and so final recommendation is um another book that i just listened to i did a lot of driving recently so i got to listen to um two books and uh i'm completely forgetting what that was which seems bad but oh oh but it yuri, was okay. yuri goto yeah, it was Never Let Me Go by Kazuha or Ka- Kazuha Ishiguro, um, who is one of my like favorite authors who's currently alive. More and more, um, if you remember, he wrote The Remains of the Day, the most British book in the world, uh-huh. um, and The Buried Giant, which I just recommended a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, so Never Let Me Go is is pitched like like the description of the book it's like this fun romantic story will take you through england and i'm like 
okay, I know Kazuo Ishiguro. There is no way he wrote a fun romantic story. Like, he is the most restrained person in the world. So his love story is going to be the most restrained love story in the world. And it is. Even more than I thought it was going to be. And it's also a sci-fi novel. That no one, it's like a dystopian sci-fi novel, and you can't even tell until you're like 20% through this book. Solid. And then it's just like, wait, what? Okay, maybe I knew that the whole time, but it wasn't clear. Uh-huh. And so, like, the central couple does end up getting together, but it's like as they're dying, and like way after they should have, and everything is like, all in memory and just bittersweet the entire time. It's so it's so classic Ishiguro. It's great. Are you going to watch the movie? I don't know. I want to. Uh, I do like Andrew Garfield, and I like Keira Knightley, and I like um, uh, Mulligan, Carrie Mulligan. So it's tempting. It's not on Netflix. I did check. Okay. Is it in theaters? No, it came out in like 2015. Oh. I thought it was just coming out now. Nope. But it's a it's a good book. Though, you should probably read another book of his before you read <laughs> this one, just to... Cause you need to, I th- I think you need to appreciate his his just view on life. Um, uh huh. Before you get into this book, because it's so restrained, it's like so much is going on, but he's gonna tell you like five percent. Okay. Okay. It's a very it's very close and told through the past. Which is all his books. I have no idea great. what that means, but Those are my recommendations though. Alright. Normal Alrighty. people, never let me go, and Father of the Bride. Sounds good. So thanks for listening. We will see you next week.